The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves, that, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Got it, Rico. Happy Tuesday. I got it. Okay, make it sure. Welcome in. Look, I got you know, let let it roll a little bit. Let it run. Welcome in to old school 93.7 the ticket, the ticketfm.com. Here on a beautiful Tuesday in Lincoln, Nebraska. DP Jay Foreman and myself here to bring you the happenings around the sports world. 402-464-5685. Join us on the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman Text Line, and on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. And Twitter on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream. Jay Foreman, DP, what is up? It, it's a salute day, right? We we gonna spend a little time talking about Marlon Briscoe. Yeah, talking I mean, about black quarterbacks yeah, you in gotta, the you NFL. Gotta, you gotta give him his love, and uh, right. you know, I wish a lot of these young guys that are playing both high school or all of the high school, college pros would do a little bit more history of. Just it, it, you know, black quarterbacks. You know how they, you know how they paved the way, um, and you know what it, you know how it, they're able to benefit off it because, you know, it's not about, you know, obviously you want to pay homage. It's just about respect. But I think sometimes if you have just a, just take the time to actually recognize it, it actually might help you play your own game in the sense of, you know, maybe I need to, you know prepare a little bit harder maybe I need to probably try to fight through adversity a little bit harder maybe I should you know tighten up what I'm doing on social media or how I treat people a little bit because these guys did everything right for the most part and never got a chance never got a chance and these are you you know you're talking about Marlon Briscoe talking about Shaq Harris Doug Williams and all them those are the guys you see like on the NFL films and the highlights and and they have you know NFL you know cards and they're they're tangible like i call it like say a tangible asset well there's a hundred of guys that play quarterback position and we're talking about in particular quarterback position because of the you know assumption that you know black players couldn't play quarterback so you know there's a you know maybe hundreds that never really got their chance or really ever got the coaching and so um you know, look, he lived a long, um, successful life, had a huge impact on the game of football, both uh, here locally and, you know, throughout his um, college and pro career. You got to think he was a trendsetter uh, up at Denver, uh, did something that a lot a lot of guys aren't able to do at the professional level, switch positions and be, you know, pretty much a, you know, all pro type of player at a whole different position at the, at the, uh, at a position that, 
a lot of guys weren't successful at doing that at the professional level and did it two times over and then he was able to win some Super Bowls. And so, um, you know, he was a, a, a player that, uh, you know, is definitely respected within the ranks and, and definitely had a big influence on every organization that he's been, uh, involved in. And, um, and, you know, lived a, you know, pretty, you know, pretty long life. Obviously, you know, wish he was still here, but, you know, I think, um, you know, we always do this with athletes and stuff like that. Cause you know, we talked about Tony Saragusa and Ferguson passing last week. And then, you know, Briscoe, um, yesterday where you kind of, you know, really, really recognize them, you know, after they're, you know, gone and really, really highlight the things that they did outside of football. Right. Well, you know, you you know you can talk you know talk about his yards, but I'm talking about his impact on the game, um, both at the quarterback position and just for you know uh, minorities. And you know you hate you know talking about it in 2022, but you know back when he was playing, it was definitely a big issue. I mean, it was a big issue even all the way up until recent. You know, as far as evaluating quarterbacks really, really coaching them and giving them a fair chance, even at some point, even at times, let's be honest, still times today, uh, even when the coaching range, you got the Brian Flores situation. But even like when I remember I was coming out with Donovan McNabb and and, and reading the scouting reports on him that was totally uh, false and, and not, you know, the right way to do it. I mean, even had Bill Poling and, you know, just recently on ESPN, it might be the reason why he's not on ESPN as much or whatever. He's talking about Lamar Jackson needs to be a wide receiver. Dude's an MVP. He's done something in the league that that a ton of quarterbacks that went number one in the draft never have done. So you're thinking about the Tim Couches. You're thinking about – I'm talking about the Cade McNowns. I'm talking about um, uh, the, the, the all the bums that Buffalo, uh, J.P. Lossman and all these guys, <laughs> you know, that have been drafted. And, you know, look, I do understand the quarterback position or any position in football, you know, is, is predicated on who's around you, the, the organization. Um, but ultimately, you know, when you have a Marlon Briscoe, you know, you want to make sure, you know, ideally you'd like to say somebody like to, you know, talk to Kyler Murray. Look, dude, this dude had to prove it two or three times. Okay, not only at his position, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're playing, but at another position. You haven't proved yourself enough to try to warrant Russell Wilson money. You haven't proved yourself enough in er, to to warrant Tom Brady money. Not that you're not going to get it and not that you won't get it, but you haven't proved yourself enough. You know what I mean? And so in the in in the way that you're acting from a leadership standpoint, right? Always pointing the finger and never the thumb. Um, those are the maturity things that he might be able to learn from, you know, learn about Marlon Briscoe um, and other quarterbacks. And this isn't saying that Kyler Murray is a bad person, but sometimes I think dealing with adversity kind of brings out some personality traits that aren't the best and maybe not even them because this, I mean, you got to think Kyler Murray most likely, well, realistically, the only time he's really had to deal with adversity in his athletic career as at the highest level because, you know, they had the highlight tape of when he was a little kid and he was just, I guess he was just knocking people out. You know, they had like an E60. So he never lost in high school, right? He's let, he might, they say he might be the best high school player ever to come out of Texas or in particularly also quarterback. He went to Texas A&M. They had a, they had Johnny Manziel. He goes to Oklahoma, um, wins the Heisman after Baker, right? 
he goes number one, and then he goes to the NFL and kind of starts the NFL career off uh, like on fire. But then the reality hits of you know towards the end of the year, you start getting injured. That's adversity, and you don't play well under pressure, right? So you know, learn about how Marlon Briscoe had to go through it, being up there in Denver, or Shaq Harris being up there, um, or you know, um, uh, my man at Pittsburgh that. You know, you beat a guy out and in, in maybe some off the field stuff derail you, you gotta really, you know, take it take it to heart because the game of football will pass you by, no matter how good you are or how good you think you are, and you're always replaceable and especially when you're a high profile quarterback. Cause they 'cause these GMs and stuff will f- <clears throat> find reasons to play guys that are lesser. And if you don't get a chance, then you could be sitting at home. It's it's the the history of this thing. Um, when you talk about the NFL, you can go back to Fritz Pollard uh, back in the 20s, in the 1920s, where where <laughs> he took a beating on a daily, on a, on a, on a week-by-week basis. Um, but he was inducted in the Hall of Football, uh, the, the Hall of Fame uh, for football um, in 2005. It took him 80 years to be recognized for being, the, for, for being the first black quarterback to play in the NFL. Um, it goes through. Um, guys like Joe Lillard, who was signed by the St. Louis Cardinals, the Chicago Cardinals in, in 32. Um, this was <laughs> – he was the only black player in the league, period, period. Um, you go through uh, guys like George Taliaferro. Um, he was the first black player drafted into the NFL. So even after that, um, he played college football for Indiana, um, went through some tr- some trouble. Um, other black quarterbacks before Super Bowl era, Willie Thrower, who HBCUs know the history of, of Willie Thrower uh, and where he played. And he, he played at Michigan State, but he his recruiting through uh, black colleges was – just off the charts. Michigan State ended up getting Charlie Brackens, um, who played for the Packers for one game back in 1955. Willie Thrower is just a perfect quarterback It's name. a perfect quarterback name. Um, and then it goes through some some guys who, who, who you may or may not know. Briscoe in 68 for the Broncos. James Harris, as, 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 as Jay calls him, uh, Shaq Harris. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ginormous human being playing yeah. playing quarterback, rocket arm. Um, took the Rams to uh, two NFC championship games. Joe Gillum, Jefferson Street drove for the Steelers, who beat out Terry Bradshaw and Terry. I mean Terry Bradshaw and uh, um, and Hanratty throughout this thing. As Jay said, couldn't get his deal done off the field. JJ Jones for the Jets in '75. Um, Parnell Dickinson for the Bucks. And that was a tough deal. Um, Parnell Dickinson, again, should have been the starter in Tampa. Um, didn't happen. Dave Mays with the Cleveland Browns in 77. Vince Evans is probably where it really starts to get some momentum. Yeah, with the Raiders with, and, uh, and with the, the Bears. Bear, he was with the Bears yeah, yeah, yeah. first in 79. 
uh, Warren Moon, who lit it up at, 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 at the University of Washington, had to go to Canada first uh, to get that sort of backpat and, and, and co-sign before uh, going to the, to the Oilers. And then it begins to evolve. Randall Cunningham from UNLV. Um, to the Eagles, Reggie Collier, who played for the Cowboys, who also played in the USFL. As a matter of fact, he was the Washington Federals yep. uh, quarterback for a bit. Uh, Evans to the Raiders, Doug Williams uh, to the Redskins back in the day, Rodney Pete, and then <laughs> Jeff Blake. <laughs> and then your boy, Tony Banks, <laughs> getting through. Briscoe was required. I mean that's the way it usually goes. I mean, he in every, was required in, in to the be way the it guy. is, and uh, like I said, you just gotta give him a you know a ton of respect, and then uh, to be heavily involved with the Boys and Girls Club in uh, California, Los Angeles area. You know that lets you know that didn't just didn't stop him with his football career. You know, um, you know, battled his off the field issues, beat those. Um, uh, was a financial broker, so he's, he was doing a, you know dealing with a lot of bonds obviously successful there and then obviously did some stuff with the the youth and had a big impact both uh on the field and off the field and his impact you know is going to be you know long after that and so he's a guy that goes down in history so when you think of a when you think of uh legends you know you think of recently you know ray lewis outside of uh the baltimore raven stadium when he's you know what he's doing you know his dance when he entered when he's get introduced i'm sure peyton manning should be outside of the Colts. Um, you know, you got Tom Osborne here at Nebraska. You know, UNO has one um, of Marlon Briscoe. Mm -hmm. So that lets you know that, I mean, you're, you're, you're not just a part of history where you kind of, you know, you can read on page 375, right? You know, like, you know, Jay Foreman played here from 94 to 98, and this is the stats, right? That's part of history. And, and yes, I'm in the Hall of Fame, but when you are it was immortalized, mm -hmm. you're forever. Yeah, I, I mean, mean you're forever. The, the I mean you are you are above normal great players. I mean you are the guy. And so um you look man, I mean it, it, everybody needs a trailblazer and he blazed that trail. He did it uh and he, and he did it and he didn't stop. I mean he very easily could have went to Denver, started as a rookie, 14 passes, touchdown passes. Oh, it's not going to work out here. Go to Buffalo, there's no chance of really him breaking into you know the quarterback, and, and room. he was the third quarterback on that team, right? But like, um, he was the third quarterback, so he's like, all right, he could have very easily said, you know what, I didn't get a fair shake because you weren't. It wasn't like it's now where, say, like Kyler Murray became a free agent, he would be visiting eighteen. Yeah, he'd be picked up. Right so away. back then, it was like, oh, well, you maybe got one more chance there, and oh, you actually don't. So either you want to go home or you want to try one of these other positions. So, um. I mean, you know, there's a long, there's a long list of folks who 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 were playing quarterback in in college and then were pushed to receiver or safety or cornerback. I mean, you can talk about that with you know Eric Crouch. You can talk about Scott Frost as well. That a lot of that thinking with athletic quarterbacks, people in their minds had this traditional. It was just thing. lazy. It was just lazy thinking Mentally back then. Lazy, yep. Mentally lazy thinking, yep. and and yep. you can fault them to to a point because we have something that they didn't have at that point. We have history. Mm. We've seen it work. So we can make a better decision. So you, you think of Lamar Jackson, right? Um, there's a lot of – obviously there's a lot of teams in the league that were still lazy thinkers, but here comes Harbaugh. It's like, oh, no, 
<laughs> I got I can do something with this. And yeah. then you got to have the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. with Roman and an owner that believes and the owner that, that, owner that, that believes the it. owner that believes in your decision making that you're making. But see, the owner um, Bashadi of the Ravens is in the ultimate like best seat because he had Ozzie Newsom, mm-hmm. who was might be one of the best GMs of all time when you think of his draft picks and his free agent guys that are end up being you know great players of free agency or free agents. I mean, guys that weren't drafted, and then. Um, you got Harbaugh and they're lock and step. And then Ozzy's still around, even though he isn't GM, you know, by name. But then you got DaCosta that was there and he grew up or, you know, kind of learned under Ozzy. So there is no like transition or anything outside of the Baltimore Ravens way. So when Harbaugh and they sit down and say, hey, man, this dude right here, he could, he's electric. He's, well, everybody we watched him play against in college can't stop him. So for however it is, eight, nine, 10 years we get him here, we can do the same thing. He doesn't take a lot of hits. You know what I mean? Because he's kind of like Lamar Jackson's different than RG3, right? Mm-hmm. And RG3, this is what people don't understand. He's a track guy. Mm-hmm. It, it, he's a phenomenal athlete because he has a, he had a great arm. But by nature, he's a track guy. So soft tissue injuries and dealing with like the physical collision of professional sports, his shelf life is different than Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson's been doing this since he's been a knee-high to a grasshopper and never has taken big hits. Because all he's done is even when he goes out of bounds, he gets out of the last weight and then steps out out of bounds, and you go flying into the Gatorade. Then it's up on like what was it? What was the things? It was on Vine or what? You know those things back then. That's that's who he is. So even now he's not going to do it, be able to take a lot of hits. And so, um, you know, there's still a little bit of lazy thinking, but I think that it hurt a lot of guys. I mean, you think of Tommy Frazier, you think of even like Steve Taylor. Um, I'm just talking about Nebraska, Scott Frost, and Eric Crouch. You know, lazy thinking and lazy coaching is two di- is is not two two different of a things because they they think like okay, well, I want DP because it's, you know what, I can just put the, the tape or the the playbook up there and just let it roll, and then DP is going to be ready. Versus if I got to take Rico and I got to go through the first four pages and thinking, you know, DP is going to be at page ten, so my job's easy. I can sit back and chill now. The caveat to that to that is is the way that you can play the game and affect the game in in game six is a different than a guy that you thought was a ready made product. So when you see like a Tim Couch that can't play dead or like a Spurgeon Win or somebody like that that you you know is a classical drop back quarterback that can't think on their feet because what what these coaches and and sometimes evaluators don't understand is a lot of times you know you talked about like. Remember Kyle Bowler and the guys coming out of Cal? And this is what I, I thought hurt Aaron Rodgers was who came before him. Again, lazy thinking and not knowing Aaron Rodgers, where he came from. He had to go to Juco. He had to play a different game. Cal was his only big-time offer. Kyle Bowler was different. But when you're a system quarterback and all you – they like, okay, well, you either throw here or here. Well, in the league, that's not the way it is. And so that I felt like that they used well, that, that against was, that was the the whole Brett Favre thing coming out one him going into college, but then him coming into the league was the same thing. So what are you going to do with this guy? Like, right. What are you going to do with this guy? Right, because he because he's he, he's not traditional. He'll throw a sidearm and all that. But then once you you get a coach like again Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, though he has, he took the chance on supposedly Donovan. Remember they booed Donovan McNabb. Mm-hmm. 
But just same thing with like Aaron Rodgers. You know, they fell he fell into Green Bay's lap, but um sometimes, you know, the guys that come before you can hurt you, you know. Um and a lot of things that stop them from being good is other things that has nothing to do with the way they play quarterback. I, I imagine Kyle Bowler didn't have top notch receivers <laughs> when he was playing. Yeah, I mean Or the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I think what they what they were expecting him to do versus what he was able to do, and then you go, okay, we watch a guy work out, but working out, you still can't simulate game. That's the, that's the problem I had with seven on seven, and that and that was the whole thing. Bowler was 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 a, a guy who made the throws, he looked the part, he spoke the part, but when you went live, something didn't click, right. and they talked about it. Like, how do we do this? And they said, you have to go live with this dude in a league that wasn't willing to go live a lot when Bowler was coming through. So, yeah, it was different times. Um, you know, we learn. We get smarter, hopefully. Uh, we'll toward the break. We come yeah, back. We Rico, tell, I, I don't think so. Rico, tell us what's up here on The Ticket. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.